Many of us live through our lives chasing money when actually money should be a tool that helps us have the lifestyle we desire, get enriching experiences and fulfill a meaningful purpose for us. So today I'm pushing to have some difficult and deep money conversations with my guest on the show to put a different lens on how we see money and its role in our life and business. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia, your host for the show Ace the Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hey Laura, welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. So Roshni, I am so excited to be here. I am a financial life planner. I'm a career changer. I spent close to 30 years working on Wall Street as an investor for institutions, big companies and universities, and I have changed my career to advise individuals to have clarity and purpose to use their finances to live their best lives. And more specifically, I work with mid-life professionals who find themselves in the same circumstance that I was, which is they're dragging themselves out of bed each day because they feel the pressure to earn a certain amount of money and have never reflected on could they make changes to actually be excited to get up each morning. Right. Specifically, I guess you and I have discussed in the past about aligning their money with their meaning in life. Absolutely. That I think is such a crucial piece of the jigsaw puzzle that people are missing that money has to have a purpose after all. Why we are chasing money, it has to have a purpose. So most of the times we don't have that defined. It is very vaguely for future for my kids to go to good college or for us to have a good lifestyle. But then after all we are just chasing money without clearly defining what it is. for Exactly. And I think it's age appropriate when you first graduate from college. I can look at my history and the first job I had and several jobs after that very exciting, right? You're just learning what your skills are and what's valuable and what you're enjoy doing. But as you get older, you might find that you've put overhead in place. You have perhaps a large home. You said children education, your savings for. You're taking certain kind of vacations and you might turn around one day. day you know maybe mid 30s maybe mid 40s and realize that you've gotten yourself on sort of a hamster wheel and you don't know how to get off and you're no longer excited about the work that you're doing and those are the kind of people that come to me and that I work with yeah that's so important because i think then earning money becomes a habit then more than a need or just being there in our life so a lot of one of the phrases which i've heard you saying or probably it is on your website which i found so impactful was that abundance is not about accumulating so can you please elaborate on that a little bit 
Sure. And thank you so much for the question, Roshni. And I'm going to elaborate to say, to add to that, I suppose, because this is a podcast for entrepreneurs, that success is not only about the metrics and the numbers. The two go hand in hand. And now as an entrepreneur myself, I resonate with both, which is we can get so caught up in the numbers of our business and using that to define whether or not we're successful. You know, how many clients have we brought in? What's our bottom line? What's our return on investment? And these are, of course, very important numbers over time. But if the numbers perhaps say you're successful, but you're exhausted, you never have time for self-care. You're still, even when you start your own business, not making time for your family, not making time for friendships. Are you really successful? And that's the same thing with money, right? I had a career on Wall Street and for all the external numbers were numbers that people might envy and the external trappings, right? Ooh, she has a beautiful home. She has a vacation home. She is able to pay for her children's education. These are all wonderful things on paper and externalities that people might say, wow, she lives an abundant life. But inside... I didn't feel alive until the weekends came. I didn't enjoy, I no longer enjoyed the work I was doing. I didn't enjoy the people I was doing it with. I didn't share their values. And so I was not living an abundant life. And so I think it's always important to question ourselves and say, is this the success I was really hoping to achieve? Is this the abundance that I was really hoping to have? And frankly, I guess I'll say as a yoga practitioner and mindfulness practitioner, (laughs) (laughs) you'll be prompted by your body and you'll be prompted by your internal voice to ask those questions. If you're not, you know, more power to you, I guess you're in the right place. (laughs) <laughs> but but these are questions that come up, frankly, the more we, quote, achieve success and abundance, really what we're looking for. True. That's so important that you have highlighted that what is success to you? What do you define success as? It is not just the numbers. It is not just how much revenue your business is generating, but it has to be something which is intrinsically fulfilling you and motivating you each day. And that's when you will be not pushing yourself to burnout or over but really enjoying your work. And that is something which most of the entrepreneurs lose out on over a period of time. They get on that hamster wheel of doing the same things over and over again, but are not uh, finding that intrinsic fulfillment. It's so true. I joked recently talking to people that when Mm -hmm. I started this business, and frankly, until this year, mid-COVID, something clicked. I was the worst boss I ever had. (laughs) I cannot believe that. (laughs) You know, making myself get up, you know, an hour earlier than my body really was ready to get up and a phrase that I didn't start, but shooting all over myself. You should do this and you should do that. You should have this many phones. And we are so um, hard on ourselves. (laughs) We are so hard on ourselves. And We need it to come from inside us. I am, and this is a practice, to build the internal motivation, to approach every phone call with a prospect, not with, oh, I hope they sign and how do I, you know, that it's a performance and it's about you. No, 
you have to tap into that motivation. What does this person need? What is this person striving for in their lives? How can I help them? And from that internal motivation, they'll hear it in your voice. They'll hear it in your presence. And that what will be what brings you to get the task done, not the pushing yourself and the shooting all over yourself, but the being drawn to help others. I really think entrepreneurs need to continue to keep their mission in front of them. And that is what's going to drive them, what's going to drive me, what's going to drive you, what's going to drive us right. to really build a business that we're excited about and that we're proud of. Right. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, that entrepreneurs, yes, they do have that mission and the big purpose in their business. But somewhere down the line, I have observed it with so many people that after a point of time, it just becomes all about how much money I am making in my business. What's the bottom line? So how can one use the money to fulfill their business purpose and not the other way around? Do not make your business into just a money minting machine, but a purpose led venture. So how how can we keep that clarity on board all the time? So first of all, recognize that it's a practice. We're not always going to have that clarity. It's something we need to put practice in, in place to work towards. And one of them, I'm glancing over to actually keep a little altar in my office with a lot of different you know, things that remind me. And one of them is a mission statement that I mm -hmm. have I typed out for myself in nice italic um, <laughs> type in a frame so nice. that I can turn to it and remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. What's and that mission I, statement? Let's see. I'd have to get up. I hope you can still oh. act. But it, so I say, my mission is to educate, enlighten, and encourage others to be present to and grateful for what actually is so that they can make choices that align with their purpose. Wow, wonderful. I'm very aware and part of the work I do with clients is that the money stories we tell ourselves and they're not always, you know, our stories and our reality, we create, frankly, humans are, are meaning making machines, and they're not mm -hmm. always aligned with reality. You know, I'm not the first to say that I've met with people that feel confident that, you know, they can continue to spend at the rate there's and, you know, you look at their actual finances and get nervous. And, and the flip side is true, people who feel very constrained and very anxious about their finances, and you look at their rate of spending and their financial resources, and you're like, you're fine. But that doesn't sink in because of messages they got as children. I'm digressing a bit, but the point is, as I've said earlier, metrics are important ultimately to run a business. On the other hand, tying our success and our feeling of success, our story of whether or not successful to only the money is, I think, incomplete and really runs a risk of you always feeling like you're not doing enough. There's always going to be someone who runs a similar business who has better metrics than you, who has exactly. more clients exactly. than you do, who is making more money than you do. But when you peel the onion, there'll be other parts of their lives that you would never want to, to share. <laughs> so True. it's human nature to compare. And they, I think it's important to just be aware of that and ask yourself, is that serving you? And is that getting you where you want to be? 
Do you often face feast and famine cycles in your business? Do you set lofty income goals but don't know how to achieve them? Then this is the time for you to wear the CEO hat and take charge of your sales with the personal sales planner. This sales planner is an all-in-one tool for solopreneurs like yourself to help you manage and grow your sales every single quarter. From mindset and motivation to strategy and implementation, tracking and monitoring to review and reflection. Everything that you need to crush your sales targets and meet your income goals is within this 90-day planner. So grab one for yourself from the link given in show notes at bit.ly/psp-37. This is the best way for you to bring in predictable revenue growth in your business. So grab your planner from bit.ly/psp-37. The link is given in show notes. Wow, that was very beautifully put. And thanks for giving that insight of how one should approach their business, the metrics and the success all put together. Taking a little different direction to our conversation now because this is a podcast which we are curating specially for women. So let's talk about that correlation of uh, women and money where I feel that when women are financially independent, they have that sense of control and freedom as well so what do you think what is the role of money in empowering women business owners i love that question roshni and so the Thank first you. thing i'm going to say is own it and what right. do i mean by that? i work with many women single women but i also work with women in couples and back to the idea that you tell yourself a story i would say the vast percentage of women i work with and they could be high earners they could be the major breadwinner in their family they tend to take a back seat in the finances oh i don't understand i don't know this is you know out of my league there is that is so untrue i guess what comes to mind and not to is understanding your finances is not rocket science it's generally basic addition and subtraction the most important thing is to look at your numbers and understand them and whether that's your personal household expenses income and expenses or whether it's the business that you're running look at it own it understand it and if it feels outside of your league hire a professional to work with you i feel privileged in that i i somehow fell into a career on wall street i feel like <laughs> that I enjoyed yeah. at the beginning and so financial skills are sort of intrinsic to who I am but have the financial skills understand look at your bank account what comes in each month what's going out each month and make decisions from a place of clarity and knowledge so many of us just don't want to look eh i'm not going to yeah. look i'm not going to pay attention either having learned from our upbringing everything will be okay or conversely everything is terrible so i don't want to look <laughs> it's important to look and i think it's for a sense of self esteem and presence and centeredness i really come to believe um and this stuck with me when a, a woman started to work with me after saying no a year before and she said to me you know i just didn't have enough self respect to pay money to work with someone to help me with my finances that it's mm. it's a matter of self care and self respect of believing that you are worthy of having clarity and understanding and guidance 
financial life. Wow, that's a big bomb drop. Yes, <laughs> that's a big bomb drop. So I also like what you highlighted that a large part of why women are not proactively taking charge of managing their money is due to the way they are read and read up and the upbringing and uh, the money stories that we've been fed into from a very young age. So what has happened, what is past, of course, that take a long bit of time to change. But going forward as progressive women of today, how can we facilitate money talks at home with our children, both sons and daughters? I love that question. I'm going to assume we're talking about younger children, and then I, I can move to yes. slightly older. Yes. Um, younger yes. children, not easy to do. I did this with my kids and, you know, it was always a work in process, but we gave our children, I have three children, a monthly allowance and we asked them, it was really a learning process for understanding that if there was something larger, a larger expense that you wanted to save towards, let's say a video game, then every time you come with me to the drugstore, Store. You can't buy the little things that they put while right. you're waiting online so that, that you need to actually save your money and to move towards more expensive items. We also try to instill in our kids the thought of, you know, and can you take some money over to the side to actually give away till charity. I will say, Roshni, that wow. you're going to see even in young kids that there are different personalities. My kids are all pretty close in age. And to this day, independent of what they're actually earning, and they're in their mid-20s now, one of my kids retains the same personality. He hated spend his money. He would save it and it would mm -hmm. accumulate in his bank account. And my daughter, to this day, is the same personality, would buy presents for her friends, couldn't help herself from buying something when we were waiting online or buying herself candy. So children, even at a young age, have their own personality. And so I would also advocate being aware of, of your children's personality around spending and maybe work around it. So if you have a child that, you know, it pains them to spend money, maybe, you know, talk to them about that. And conversely, if you have a child who every time they have an extra penny in their pocket is, um, that's in the United States, it's right. being spent. Everybody has a different personality, which is why even when I work with clients, it, you know, I'm aware that there isn't a sort of one size fits all cookie cutter approach. And I just want to say for parents of teens, I think it's important to start talking about numbers to start. To, I started to talk when my kids were teens and I frankly invited teens of clients into meetings just to have them have a sense like how much does a house in this area cost? Because yeah, they exactly. have, I mean, when I was growing up, I had no idea. True. My parents, <laughs> oh, this is how much we're spending on summer camp. This is how much college education costs. And this is how we're thinking about funding it. When kids are old enough, again, make sure that you have the information and that you're not coming from a place of scarcity because kids will immediately pick up on that. But when you feel like you're in a place to actually just talk about it freely, I shared this with my mother-in-law and she was appalled, like, don't talk about money. But I think we need to talk about money because it's always amazing to me how we expect our young adults to know how much they should be saving and how much they should be spending. And how could they? Nobody ever talks about it with them. Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, that is so important because uh, until unless we give them a sense of what things cost or uh, what kind of, like you mentioned, how much does a house cost in this particular area? Kids don't have that idea and they are not able to gauge what kind of spending or saving is good enough for them in the future or for, for their parents also. So exactly. they are not even able to estimate whether we are rich or not because they are not having a context of of how things are priced or how how purchasing happens exactly if you don't talk about it it just becomes a you know, question mark in their mind and also they will pick up on the emotions yes. you have and so i think having conversations when they're ready you know younger it's obviously very different but when your kids are a year or two from going to college when they'll need to start really budgeting and understanding how they're spending it's important to talk to them Right. Um, about how you look at money. Right. Yeah. Those were some very useful conversations that you've uh, had with us, Laura, today, like how women should proactively take charge of their money and just look at the numbers, own it and starting this conversation with the children as well. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all those insights with us, Laura. It was lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Rashni. It was my pleasure. And I love that you are doing this podcast to help women who are building their financial freedom through having their own business. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I'm sure you were able to find some key learnings and takeaways from today's episode, which will help you grow your business to the next level. And if that's the case, make sure that you share this episode with two of your business buddies because you never know that they might also find some insight which will help them in their business. Knowledge, after all, grows by sharing it further, right? So do share it with two of your business buddies. Also, if you like Ace the Sales podcast, consider sharing five-star review and rating on Apple iTunes because that will help us take the podcast to many more women just like yourself who are looking to find sales success in their business. Also, it will mean the world to us, especially myself and my team who are putting loads of efforts to bring this podcast to you. And lastly, remember to connect with me on Instagram at Roshni underscore Baronia because I would love to know more about you, your business and what is it that you need help with when it comes to selling. So connect with me on Instagram, leave a review and share the podcast with two of your business buddies. I will meet you next Thursday. Stay tuned and stay safe and happy selling.